good evening, everybody. Great to see you tonight. Thank you so much for being in church on Wednesday night. And uh, I am excited about tonight. And I have waited for this moment for probably two and a half years. And so here we are. It's been a long time coming. And here we are. And I'm excited about it. Before we launch into uh, what tonight is going to be all about, we have to do the absolute necessary important announcement. Uh, for those of you that didn't appreciate that inside joke, there might be about three people here that, that might. I have been accused when we were in Baker, when we would come time to make the announcements, that I never would put the S on the end of the word. It was always announcement, even though there were multiple announcements. And I have never proved that wrong or right, but in my mind, I always said the plural uh, version of that word. But we're here tonight to make a announcement, and it's going to be a good one. Uh, on Sunday, June the 6th, immediately following the altar service, all the parents and campers, the parents of campers, if you have, if you have a child going to camp, and then all the campers need to meet with Brother Dave and Sister Farah in the A Center immediately after altar service, and that is on Sunday, June the 6th. So everybody make a note of that. Remember that. You'll need to be a part of that meeting. And um, <clears throat> today's been a, a really cool day uh, for Casey Quadley. Uh, today is her birthday. So I just want to make sure all of you get an opportunity to greet her after church, hug her neck, ladies kiss her on the cheek, and just give her that warm, happy birthday greeting. She would deeply appreciate that. I can't even look at her right now because she is killing me with her stare. And that's what makes it worth it. That's what makes it worth it right there. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how old she is, but I'm going to tell you how old she's not. She is not 39 anymore. So <clears throat> you can do your best to... Uh, put two and two together or just one together so uh but anyway but but happy birthday casey absolutely so uh excited tonight excited to see all of you and uh i hope you wore your let's have fun uh hat tonight because tonight's going to be fun it's going to be exciting and uh, i've had people literally well almost literally offer me money to tell them what is coming down the pike tonight and uh there's only a handful here tonight that knows, and we uh, just made them promise, promise, promise to keep it confidential, so hopefully they did. And, uh, but they owe me, not money, but they owe me things in the future, and I'm going to remind them, I told you, now you owe me. Isn't that how that works, some kind of way, I think, in, in a good Christian way? That's how it works, right? We're going to have a great, great time tonight, and uh, <laughs> Brother... Dave is going to come in just a moment and make the presentation, and he's going to let the cat out of the bag And uh, as to what all of this is all about. But I will tell you this, that uh, we were at this place about two and a half years ago. Uh, maybe not quite that long, but if it serves me right, it's, it's been close to two years at least. And uh, COVID-19 arrived on the scene, and... Uh, it kind of spoiled everything, as we all know. But uh, tonight, I think we're in a better place to do what we're about to do uh, than we were then. I know we're in a better place. 
now than we were then. So I'm going to ask all of you tonight to be open, be open-minded. Please be open-minded. Uh, we have an opportunity here. We're going to present to you an opportunity to make Grace Church into a church better than it's ever been before, and I believe that with all, all of my heart. We have more potential to do what we're about to do than we've ever had. Uh, I believe there's more willingness. Uh, people are, are, are more willing, so I'm very excited about it. So without any further ado, I want Brother Dave to come and uh, make this presentation. Everybody welcome him, and you can finally get this over with. God bless you tonight. <laughs> All right, Grace Church, it is good to see everybody. Look at somebody nearby, tell them you're glad to see them. It's the moment of truth. It has arrived. How many of you think you have kind of figured it out, maybe just a little bit? Anybody? A few people. A few. I don't, I don't, you don't have to say it out loud. I'm just curious if you do. So how many of you got, uh, when you walked in this evening, you got a checker? or It's actually a Connect Four piece. I'm going to explain the significance of that later. If you did not get a Connect Four checker uh, when you came in, would you raise your hand? And Brother Nathan Henson is walking around. He's going to take care of that. We'll just give everybody a moment. Anybody else that does not have one uh, an, a, of our adults, all of our adults, did our students get one? Did we have uh, handouts to our students? Okay, well, y'all just hang with me for a minute. I'm going to give you some special instructions here in a minute. All right, I'm going to give... Just a minute more, make sure everybody has a Connect Four checker. We're going to just uh, have a little fun here for a moment before we jump in and, and do the big reveal here. Um, all right, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, all, all of the adults that have a Connect Four checker, what I want you to do, I want everybody to stand, first of all. I want you to stand. And then I want you to find somebody not in your section, so it has to be in a different section, with a different color checker, and I want you to find out what their favorite dessert is. All right? And uh, kids, if you want to go with your parents, that's fine. Students, I want you to just kind of hang out right here and find out what each other's dessert is just right here in the front. I <clears throat> uh, know. That's. Okay, everybody, I think that went pretty well to you. Has everybody talked to somebody? 
Okay, we're, now we're going to switch gears just a little bit. Listen to, to the instructions. Now what I want you to do is, is gather with those that have the same color checker. So you got to find the people with the same color checker, and that's where you're going to sit for the rest of the night. So if y'all could just find a little section somewhere in the auditorium and sit together. And again, uh, kids, you can go with your parents. I want our students just to stay right here. Yeah, the students will just stay right here in the front where you normally are. So again, you're looking for people with the same color checker, and you're going to sit with them. Kids, you can go with your parents. Students, stay in the front. Is anybody lost right now? <laughs> Hopefully you know your colors, right? Brother Mike needs help telling colors apart. If anybody wants to help him. <laughs> okay, uh, we, so there should only be four groups right now, and I see a lot more than four groups. So, okay, so the, uh, the white checker is right here. Looks like the black checker is over here. Got purple right here. Oh, no, purple's right here because they're closer. <laughs> and, and for some reason, red is all the way in the back. So we got red in the back, purple right here. What color was this right here? White right here and black checkers over there. So thank you for your cooperation. Y'all are awesome. Yeah, the transparent, right? All right, so that, that little exercise did a couple of things. It, we, when we started out, it, it kind of demonstrated that we're all unique in a lot of ways, right? Uh, we have our, our favorite desserts, our, you know, kind of our own personalities and things. But then we kind of flipped the script a little bit and found out that we have something in common. In this case, it's the, it's the uh, same color Connect Four checker. And so um, either way, either way, when you find something in common with somebody, suddenly, all of a sudden, a connection is made, right? That's right. So all of a sudden, now you're part of that group. You're part of that tribe. You found a place to belong just because you had one thing in common, and that was the color checker, right? So that was, would, it, would you agree that that was pretty easy? Yeah, that was easy, I thought. Yeah. So with that little exercise in mind and that little uh, experiment in mind, tonight we are launching what is sometimes referred to as small groups, but we're going to call them from tonight forward connect groups. So everybody look at your neighbor and say connect groups. All right. Now, I know, I, I feel it right here. I feel it. There, there's some people here tonight when I said small group, or connect group, you just put the wall up and shut down, and I'm in danger of you not hearing anything else that I have to say tonight. But I want you to, to hold on just a second before you, you turn me off and, and just think.
think about this for a moment, and I'm going to unpack it a little bit later. You are already in a small group, whether you know it or not. There's things you do in your life that are really, they qualify as a connect group, whether you know it or not. So when you, when you wake up on Saturday morning and think, hey, you know what, I'd like to go garage selling. I'm going to call so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. You've got a small group, a connect group, Sister Sheila. That's right. Guys, if you, um, you say, hey, it's a great day to go fishing, and I'm going to call two of my buddies and go fishing, you've got a connect group right there. That's, it's that easy. Uh, Monday afternoon, Dawson uh, got me and said, hey, I've got two or three of my buddies. We want to go hit baseballs at the ball field. And so I took them out there. They hit baseballs. That was a connect group right there, just on, on, the, on the fly. So it's really that easy. You actually already belong to a small group, whether you know it or not. I'm going to unpack that some more in a moment. So tonight we're launching connect groups again, right? Again, as Pastor said, uh, the, the, uh, the pandemic in 2020, we were kind of at this place right before that, and it, it kind of it, it took the uh, wind out of our sails, didn't it? But as Pastor said, we're at a better place tonight, and we're excited about introducing this to our church. It's going to make us stronger. It's going to make us better. And you're going to see how easy this is in just a moment. But I do want to talk about the power of connection, the power of relationships, and what it really means and how important it is. Now, I think that because we all experienced that quarantine in 2020, that we realize how damaging isolation can be. I, I read an article just this week. They're still doing studies on just how bad emotional health was in 2020, right? And I think we all kind of know that intuitively uh, from our experience. But, um, but relationships are some of the most, or, or is the most, I would argue, the most important thing in our life. In fact, I believe personally, if I, if I were going, if, if I were, you know, if I knew this was my last breath and this was the last thing I was going to say to those that would come after me, I would say, remember relationships. That would be like my epitaph. Because if your relationship with God is right and your relationship with others is right, you're going to be pretty successful at life. And so I just think it's all summed up in the word relationships. Um, when, you, when you do come to the end, when you are uh, at the end of your life, you're not going to ask to see a, a copy of your stock portfolio. You're not going to ask to see a copy of your bank statement. You're not going to have them drive your bass boat into the, to the uh, hospital room where you're at and, and ask to, to, to see that one more time. You're going to ask for your family, your friends, your, 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 your loved ones. That's, that's what's most important when it all comes down to it is the relationships you've made in life. Uh, this was brought home to me very uh, succinctly about three years ago. My grandfather passed away. Uh, uh, he was 94 years old, World War II veteran, a wonderful man, lived in a place called Bedford, Indiana. And uh, when Steve, my brother, and I went up there to the funeral, we were talking on the way. We thought, you know, Grandma and Papa outlived so many of their peers and uh, there's just not a lot of them left, and, and uh, they live in a small town. Uh, they weren't able to go to church for years because of their age and, and their infirmities, and we thought, you know, probably, probably just be family at the funeral. We were pleasantly surprised when we got to the funeral home, and the funeral home was packed with people of all ages, all generations, and the funeral was pleasantly full of people that had come to pay respects to my grandfather. On the way home, my brother said to me very succinctly, he said, we knew how much Papa meant to us. We didn't know how much he meant to everybody else. 
The reason he meant so much to everybody else is if you'd have met my papa, he never met a stranger. He, he spent his life building relationships. He would talk to anybody about anything, full stop, no qualifications. And, and, and it paid off at the end of his life. He had a lot of solid connections, and they were meaningful, and they were valuable to him and his family. I want you to consider this tonight. I want you to consider this tonight. God made us to have, to, he made us to walk and to live in relationship. In relationship, I want you to consider this very profound thought from the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, God created everything, right? He spoke the worlds into existence and He said, it is good. Then on the sixth day, He creates mankind and He looks over His creation again and He says, this is very good. He upgraded His assessment just a little bit. So it was good. He created man, said it was very good. But then in Genesis 2 and 18, we read a verse of Scripture. Jesus, uh, God said, it is not good that man should be alone. So of all the good, all the great things that he had done, he found something that was not good, and that was that man was living alone. And we think of this term, of course, God made Eve from the rib of Adam, and we think of this in terms of marriage, and that is certainly the correct application of this passage, but it does extend beyond that into all of our relationships. It is not good to live alone. Again, we found that out during the quarantine. We've got to have relationships. John Ortberg makes this very helpful observation about this passage of Scripture. I want you to think about this. Listen, this was before the fall of man, so man was in right standing with God. The relationship with God and Adam was correct. It was in right standing. He was in perfect intimacy with God. Yet God said man was alone and that it was not good. So apparently there is a human-sized hole in us that God chooses not to fill. That's a powerful statement. It's a very powerful statement. God never intended us to live in isolation. He intended us to live in relationships. Bad things happen when we live in isolation. Uh, we, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of things I could say about that. But um, just to give you a, a scriptural basis for what uh, some of the negative things and negative emotions we experience when we live in isolation is uh, in the life of the prophet Elijah. Elijah. Um, think about what happened to him when he became isolated. He, he had just finished having revival, basically. He called fire down from heaven. He told Ahab to prepare for rain after a three and a half year drought. He outruns Ahab's chariots back to the city. So he's, he's like walking in power. He's walking in the spirit. He's doing mighty things for God. And then he finds out that Jezebel has put a bounty on his head and he gets deathly afraid. And it's like, well, you know, where this powerful man of God, this powerful prophet is now afraid. Why do you think that was? Why do you think that all of a sudden he went from man of power with God to man being afraid and running for his life? The reason is found in one verse of scripture. The Bible says that Elijah left his servant and went alone into the wilderness. And when he went alone into the wilderness... Before you, before you know it, the next thing you find out is that Elijah is actually suicidal. 
He's actually asking God to take his life. He's despair. He's despondent. He thinks there's no hope. You know, forget the miracles that just happened. He's totally like done with life and done with God's call in his life because he went alone to a wilderness place. It's not good to be in isolation, uh, to live in isolation. Of, of, there's a lot of, of things such as depression and despondency and selfishness and all those things that happen when we live in isolation. But I just have to share this one with you because it's a great takeaway. If you don't take away anything else tonight, you're going to love this point right here. Um, I, think, I think it's just excellent. One of the things that happens when we live in isolation is poor health. Now stick with me just a minute here. A side effect of living uh, outside of a healthy relationships is poor health. Uh, again, Joel Ortberg wrote in his book, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. He refers to a study on relationships that tracked the lives of 7,000 people over nine years. In that study, researchers found that the most isolated people were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. But get this, people who had bad health habits, such as smoking, poor eating, alcohol use, etc., but yet they had strong social ties, lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits, but lived in isolation. So here's the takeaway that I want everybody to take home with you, okay? You ready? Here it is. It's better to eat donuts together than to eat broccoli by yourself. So if nothing else, connect groups, let, hey, let's have a donut connect group. What do you say? I mean, I'm in. I'm in for that. So um, last point I want to make, and then I'm going to give you the nuts and bolts of all this. Last point I want to make, Jesus modeled healthy relationships. Jesus kind of was the ultimate connect group, if you will. His 12 disciples, he also had his inner circle of three. He had friends did you know that? Did you know Jesus had friends? The Bible refers to Mary and Martha and Lazarus as his friends. No doubt he had other friends. And he modeled that all through his life, all through his ministry. I think in a lot of ways Jesus modeled really what a healthy life is all about. He rested. He ministered. He had good relationships. He had a family. Um, I think he, he, there's a lot we can learn there. But he left us with this commandment, and it is so relevant to what we're doing tonight and what we'll be doing in the coming months. A new commandment I give you, he says, that you love one another. As I have loved you, you also love one another. And here's the kicker. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So not if you come on Sundays and shout. Not if you have a worldwide ministry. Not if, you know, you have um, a Sunday school class that you teach. But if you have love one for another, that's the true demonstration of Christianity. True demonstration of a walk with God. So when we have healthy relationships and we're kind to one another and we're looking after one another and we're checking on one another, we're there for one another, that's where our true Christianity lies. So with that background, with that backdrop, I'm happy to present to you tonight the Grace Vision for connect groups. And again, as I told you earlier, bear with me because you already are in a connect group whether you know it or not. Okay. Um, the way church culture continues to change, 
the way our world and our society continues to change, our way of ministering, our way of doing life, church, outreach, all of that has to change as well. And so what we're, those of you that are, uh, that have been here a long, long time, you know that we have uh, done some, uh, some, you know, manner and form of small groups throughout the years in different ways. We've, we've done several different small, what we used to call small group models uh, throughout the years. They look like different things. Some of them were, you know, you, you, we would read a, um, basically a little parable or a life application and we would apply it. We'd pray over it, minister, that kind of thing. We, we've tried different things uh, throughout the years. This approach that I'm presenting tonight is working throughout church culture everywhere. I want to emphasize it's working in the apostolic church culture everywhere. It's working in our world. It's working in our our country, the United States of America. And we have a structured plan for growing connect groups at Grace Church. There's accountability built in. There's support for the leaders. And there's clarity around what we're trying to accomplish. Tonight, I hope, I pray, if I do my job right, you will leave with clarity about what it is we're trying to accomplish. We're simply calling it connect groups. So again, tell your neighbor, connect groups. Connect groups. Now, this is a, it's a little bit of a brain teaser, so I want you to put your thinking caps on. I know it's late in the evening, but I'm going to ask you to stretch just a little bit, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit of a riddle here. Connect groups have one simple purpose, and that is to bring people together. Now, I know that's hard. I know that's difficult. Connect groups, connecting people. But if you can, can kind of make that connection in your mind tonight, connect groups have one simple purpose, to bring people together. That's what we're, um, that's what we're all about. We believe God created us to live in community, as I have just mentioned, and we believe that life change happens in the context of relationships. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him or her that is alone when they falleth, for they have not one to help them up. We have to stay connected. We have to stay in relationship. So, so the, first, the first part of this is to connect Grace Church. We want to connect together. We want to make sure that we're functioning healthfully as a body of Christ. And so the first purpose of connect groups is, is just for us, for us to be connected. But there is a second purpose for connect groups, and that is, is we want to connect people to our church. And really, that's probably the most important one. That's the overarching one, is to connect people to our church. Consider this with me. How many of you remember the days where we used to go door knocking? Do you remember that? We'd go door knocking. I'm not seeing very many hands, so maybe very many people don't remember this. Okay, that's better. We would go knock on the doors. I remember in uh, Baker, when the church first started, we would canvas the neighborhoods all around uh, the church right there in Baker, knocking doors, handing out tracts, handing out business cards for the church. I don't know if anybody came from that effort. I, if they did, I'm not aware of it. Um, so even back then, its effectiveness was, was not probably very profound. Nowadays, I would say its effectiveness is absolutely at zero. Um, that just in our culture, you don't want to 
you know, you don't want people knocking on your door and, and they don't want you knocking on theirs, right? Uh, as Pastor said a couple of Wednesday nights ago, we tend to go inside and close the garage and we don't want anybody to mess with us. So, uh, so those type evangelistic uh, efforts, you know, in the past they may have worked. In the past it was something that we did. But culture has changed. Church culture has changed. And so a great way to do evangelism a great way to connect with your neighbors, with the world outside, with your co-workers, with your friends, is through a connect group. So, so imagine, let's say that you went to the park, and you, everybody that was at the park, you handed them a tract or, a, or a, 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 a business card with the name of the church on it. That, you know, you're talking to strangers, you're a stranger to them, they're probably not very open to that. But if, if you were a parent with young children and you went to the park week after week after week, and you were meeting up with other people from our church that also had small children, and you got to know kind of the regulars, uh, the moms and the dads and the other kids that were coming to the park to play and to have recreation. Well, then, weeks down the line, when you introduce one of those people to your church, you've got some credibility built in. They, they know you. They know who you are. And you're not a stranger. And you have a much higher uh, probability of them visiting church, connecting to church, than you would otherwise. And when they get to church, if you've been doing something like that with other church members, the, the chances are they already know people when they get here. They've already got several families they've already at least familiar with before they ever walk in the door. So it's a wonderful evangelistic tool as well. And so it's a two-pronged approach to connect Grace Church to Grace Church and to connect out uh, uh, the unchurched to our church. So here's what it looks like. I want you to get this. This is why I say you're already in a small group, already in a connect group. Your life is your connect group. Your life is your connect group. It's an interest-based approach, which means that people gather together based on things they enjoy and things that are important to them. To say it another way, the things you are already doing in your life are the things that make up your connect group. So just keep doing what you're doing and add just a tad of intentionality to it and invite somebody else to come along beside you. I mean, it's really that easy. Invite somebody to come along beside you and, and have your hobby, your activity, your interest and see what God will do. This is what I want you to get. Your connect group and your connect group meeting should be casual, fun, and simple. It should be casual, fun, and simple. That's it. So look at your neighbor and tell them, that's it. We're not expecting you to walk in there with a Bible study chart under your arm. We're not expecting you to have a sermon prepared. We're not expecting you to read anything off the page. We're not expecting you to, you know, to do a street meeting. We just want you to do your hobbies, your interests, your life and invite somebody to come along beside you and get connected with them. Do you feel like you could do that tonight? Does that, does that seem doable to you? <laughs> You're afraid to raise your hands. Okay, I got three that think that's doable. All right, all right. This, <laughs> this is not an Amway meeting, okay? Your connect group and your connect group meeting should be casual, fun, and simple. That's it. You don't have to sell anything. All right. 
Let me give you some examples. This is a, a, an apostolic church in a nice-sized city not far from here. This is just a sampling. This is not even scratching the surface of some of the connect groups that they are running successfully right now as we speak. Under the banner of outreach, they're doing random acts of kindness, sign language classes, foreign language classes, and neighborhood block parties. Uh, their men, uh, some of the small, our connect groups for men are uh, cornhole, believe it or not. They're connecting over the game cornhole. Motorcycles, grilling, fishing, handyman, bowling, guns. Uh, under uh, their, their women connect groups are uh, getting together to work out, to talk about and do decorations, uh, meeting for coffee, crafts, couponing, antiquing, uh, garage selling and estate selling. Uh, doing all those kinds of things. The young marrieds get together and study financial stewardship. They do Taco Tuesday. They do something called the Sweet Life, which is where they get together at a coffee shop and drink coffee and try different desserts. Um, their young people do game nights, social nights, sports, um, under, under the uh, umbrella of discipleship. Now, this is where you do get into some Bible studies, but it's, it's totally at their choice. This is what people have chosen to do. Uh, a young marriage Bible study, a parenting Bible study, a search for truth Bible study. There's groups in their church that want to do that. I've seen small groups or connect groups, pardon me, gather over the idea of Frisbee, sports, mechanics, any kind of craft, any kind of hobby. Um, I mentioned Dawson and his group the other night just hitting the baseball out at the baseball diamond. And they, they did that for probably two hours and had an absolute blast. But it was a connection. And there was somebody there who was not a part of our church. And, and they, they were able to connect with that person. So any, anything is fair game. I mean, it's, it's your life. Again, I can tell you here at Grace Church, uh, uh, we act, whether you know it or not, we actually have two small groups, two connect groups, pardon me, that have been meeting for years. Uh, Sister Anita's knitting group and, and Sister Sheila Landry's card making class. They, that, that has been going on almost nonstop for many, many years now. It's their interest. It's their hobby. And they've invited people to come alongside them. As far as I know, Sister Sheila, you haven't, you know, had to prepare a Bible study or do a, you know, do an in-depth uh, counseling session or anything like that. They just get together, they make cards, and it connects people to our church and connects people to her. Uh, I do want to mention this in passing. Our students, uh, I love our students. Y'all are doing a tremendous job. Our students have essentially been doing a connect group. I counted it up. It's been going on for two years. We do a fall semester and a spring semester, and we've done two full years of that. Um, their connect group is on Friday nights. We call it the Friday night social. It's bigger than a small group because they have sometimes an excess of 40 people that meet. But it does have elements of a connect group that I'm talking about tonight. It's semester-based, and I'm going to tell you, it's for our church students, but they've had a lot of kids, a lot of students, pardon me, from their school, from their neighborhood, uh, just from around here that have come on Friday night and gotten connected to our church. That's what it's all about. That, I mean, it's that easy. That is what it's all about. Um, so again, any hobby, any interest, whatever you're doing in life, you can invite somebody to come alongside you. I know in the past, uh, Nathan Henson has done something called dude food, where they just got together and ate hamburgers. It was, once a, I think, once a week or twice a month, whatever it was, and they just ate hamburgers, and at the end they voted on what restaurant had the best hamburger. And it, it's really that easy. So 
Um, I want you to be thinking about that. So the, uh, the reason for the Connect Four checkers, um, we're, we're, there's a part of this, and, and for this part of it, we're just calling it Connect Four. We're just calling it Connect Four um, um, because there's really four levels. There's four levels of connection that we're pursuing. I told you in broad terms that we want to connect our church and we also want to connect the unchurched. That's kind of with a broad brush, painting with a broad brush. But let me narrow it down and bring it uh, a little bit more in focus for what we're trying to do with these connect groups. We want to, number one, the first connection is to connect, uh, is to make the unchurched attendees. So to bring people that do not come to church and have them start attending church. So to go from unchurched to attendees. Then if there's people that are attendees right now, we want them to become so connected that they're challenged to become members. So that's the second connection. If we have members here tonight, their next step, or we do have members here tonight, you're all members, most of you, uh, your next step then is to become leaders. So the third level of connection is to connect as a leader. And then the fourth connection is, is that if you're already a leader, but you're not leading, we want to get you plugged in leading somewhere, some group, somehow. So unchurched to membership, uh, I'm sorry, unchurched to attendee, attendee to membership, membership to leadership, and then le all leaders leading a group. That's the four levels. That's the Connect Four. That's why you have the Connect Four um, uh, uh, checker tonight. We want you to think in terms of next steps, not programs. Do you remember, do you remember some time ago, Pastor taught, um, he taught on how in the 80s and 90s churches were built on programs and that, we, that culture had gotten by that, gotten past that. We have to think in terms of next steps. What is, that's true evangelism is what is the next step to get people to the next level in their walk with God. So here's your next step. Here's your next step. Here's what I need you to do. If this resonated with you tonight in some way, and you would like to try leading a connect group, and you are a member at Grace Church, we want to meet with you. We want to have a follow-up with you. So on the way out tonight, there is a sign-up sheet at Grand Central where you'll just sign up and you will, uh, that will mean that you're interested in learning more about being a connect group leader. Now, let me tell you just a little secret here. Um, I'm not going to tell Pastor that I told you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. He said, he said the only requirement he has for the connect group leader meeting is that there be plenty of good food. So if I were you, I would sign up just to come to the meeting and have good food, okay? So that's an incentive right there. So we'll be having that meeting in just a couple of weeks, probably on a Sunday night is what we're thinking, and we'll be meeting with all of you who want to lead a connect group on that night. After that, after we see who all's interested in leading and what the topics or the activities are that you will be leading, uh, a little later in the summer, we're going to have a connect group fair over in the Alexander Center after church on, on a Sunday. And you'll go over there and you'll get to see, and our church will get to see all of the options uh, that are all the connect groups that are going, and you'll get to sign up for that to be a part of that. Now, one more housekeeping item. Let me tell you what you're signing up for as a leader and, if, and for those of you that will be participating in the groups at any level. Here's the thing. These are going to run in 10-week semesters, so 10 weeks in the fall, which will be upcoming in August, and then 10 weeks in the spring with summers off, right? 
you're not signing your life away, right? So if, if you, I, I told you, it's not Amway. So if, 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 if you want to sign up and try one for 10 weeks, for a 10-week semester, if, if you didn't have a good time, you didn't like it, well, that's it. You're done. You, it, you're, not, you're not signing up permanently forever unless you just want to. Here's the other thing. We want to make this, what did I say, simple, casual, and fun. We want to make it very simple and very casual. If your place in life or the nature of your connect group is such that meeting only twice a month is better, you know, you don't really need to meet every week. It would work better to meet twice a month. Do twice a month. We would be happy for you to do that. If you choose that option and you're doing a 10-week semester meeting twice a month, how many meetings is that for my mathematicians? That's five meetings. So you're not signing your life away. You're signing up for five meetings in a semester. We'll take it a step further because I've already heard about one potential connect group that might meet once a month. The, the nature of this connect group, it would really work best just meeting once a month. If you want to just meet once a month, that is absolutely okay as well. We want it to work for you. We want it to work for your life. We want it to work for your connect group. So simple, casual, fun. All right? All right. Everybody got it? Say, I got it. All right. What you're about to see is a five-minute video clip. The Louisiana District just did a church growth conference virtually. This has been within the last two weeks. Tremendous material about churches and church growth and, and how, to, um, how churches are, are coming out of the pandemic and thriving. Okay? And somebody that has uh, absolutely mastered small groups, connect groups, is the first church in Pearland, pastored by Tyler and Tennille Whaley outside of Houston, Texas. And Sister Tennille Whaley gave a great presentation on how they've done connect groups, especially coming out of the pandemic. It has worked marvelously for their church. But in this five-minute video clip, you're going to hear her give a testimonial about the power of connect groups and how they make a difference sometimes far beyond what you might imagine. And uh, you're going to be inspired and challenged and moved by her presentation. And then when she's done on that video clip, Pastor's going to come and wrap this up tonight. God bless you. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you very, very soon in a connect group. God bless you, Grace Church. And so we had healthy small groups. We had healthy culture growth. We had an invite culture that was easy and it was an easy on-ramp because people were healthy and comfortable inviting friends to small groups. And then Hurricane Harvey hit. And you know how God does because when you don't pass one test, he's going to give it to you again to see if you pass the second time. And Hurricane Harvey hit on an evening and I posted in our family Facebook page, hey, First Church family, is everyone all right? And we started getting texts and comments back, hey, um, we lost power, but we're okay. And then, then the, the posts started getting a little bit more desperate. Hey, there's water in my yard. Um, it's getting higher. Uh, okay, the water's now in my house. Um, okay, the water is up two feet. And, and again, I, I'm talking to Louisiana. I, I know you know what I'm talking about. And, and there was a new lady that had joined our church a few months before the hurricane hit. And she was a lady that couldn't swim and she lived alone and the water was rising and she was up on furniture in her house and she had opened a window to try and get out and she was up on the roof 
of her building, of her home, and she could not swim, and she had called the police probably 20 times, but the nature of Hurricane Harvey was they couldn't get to us. There was no way for them to get to the city of Pearland at that time, and so when when people in our church started seeing all of this happening and started seeing the people in need, well, our small groups just activated. I didn't have to ask them to. My husband didn't have to say, hey, church, church, people are in need. We need to help people. No, it was completely organic the way it worked. And so Vivian had posted, first church, I need help. And she, I called her and I said, Vivian, what's going on? She said, I'm up on my roof. I can't swim in the city. The, the police can't get to me. And I said, okay, I'm going to call, I'm going to call one of our men's small groups. And we had a fishing small group that of course they all owned boats. And, uh, within 20 minutes, a men's small group showed up at her house and rescued Vivian off of her roof. But it wasn't just Vivian on her roof. It was neighborhood full of people up on their roof. And so our men's small groups started reaching out and bringing all their boats down to the neighborhoods that were most effective and rescuing people off the small groups. Well, off their roofs, well, they didn't have anywhere to go. And so all these people that were involved in cooking small groups just started showing up to the church and said, hey, the church still has power. Everyone come up to the church. And so we had hundreds of people just start showing up at the church with everything from their freezer that they no longer had power. And so we just started cooking. Well, as it turns out, there was a lot of people that didn't have food. And so the men would take the food out to the people in need and in their boats and they were rescuing people off the roofs. And, and then our safety team that works every single Sunday said, Hey, we just got word that the police officers haven't eaten in 48 hours. And so the women in our church that were on the cooking small group, the pastor's meal team started cooking meals and delivering them to police officers that were in spaces that nobody could get to. And, and then we had a group of people that did acts of service for elderly people. Well, they found out that a lot of elderly people in our church didn't have a way to get their medicines. And so they were finding medicines and bringing them medicine and bringing them meals. And the moral of the story is that when everything goes crashing in, when a pandemic comes crashing in, if you have a healthy culture and you have people that love doing life together, and you have people that have something in common and love getting together and love serving together, when tragedy strikes, and it will strike if it's not a hurricane, it's a pandemic, and who knows what's next, but when hurricanes, when tragedies strike, your church will become the activators of great, amazing things in the community. Our church rescued like 1,300 people off of roofs. Our men's small groups just, just did it on their own. And as, as some of you may know, it, can, it, it attracted the attention of the president and the president and first lady and their, his entire cabinet and the governor and the senators all showed up at our church one day. And it's like, we were just doing what we do. This is just who these people are. And the most beautiful comments that we could say was, this is just who they are. They just love serving people. And so let me encourage you. If you want to reach your world and you want to reach your community, you have to become an others-focused church. And you have to become a church that cares about the lost and the broken. But you have to have a way for them to connect and re be able to join in with your church people and make a difference in the world. And watch what God will do through your efforts. And everybody say praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord some appreciation tonight, shall we? Thank the Lord.
Thank you, Brother Dave, for a wonderful, wonderful presentation. And I had a, a marvelous revelation brainstorm. He kept saying uh, simple, casual, and fun, like simple, casual, fun, simple, casual, fun. Does anybody remember what Move the Mission was before, what it was called before She's for Christ? Remember those initials, SFC, She's for Christ? We can take that and just call it simple, fun, and casual. And we have F, uh, SFC right there, so there you go. Uh, thank you, Pastor, for that amazing, amazing contribution right there. And you're welcome. You're absolutely welcome. <laughs> thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Love Grace Church, and we're going to do this in Jesus' name. Um, we, we are looking for leaders, uh, connect group leaders, and uh, certainly if you're interested, uh, we're not going to guilt trip people. If you don't want to do it, fine. But if you do want to do it, we want your enthusiasm, we want your willingness, and so on. Uh, sign up sheet at Grand Central, sign up, and then we'll give you the uh, announced date uh, for the meeting and uh, a wonderful dinner. Probably the little triangle sandwiches, the little sandwich platter from Walmart, probably something like that, but you'll enjoy it either way. I'm kidding. I don't know what we'll do, but we'll do something. <clears throat> uh, let me conclude tonight. Uh, I want to finish the Bible study I was presenting uh, last Wednesday night, which was shaped for service, uh, that I believe everybody is, is shaped to serve on some level in the kingdom of God. I believe that with all of my heart. And I want to begin tonight by saying that uh, if you want to serve like Jesus, if you want to be like Jesus in that way, uh, it means being available. Many times throughout his ministry, people would cry out to him from the side of the road, come help me, come help me. Lepers did, blind people did, across the board. Um, people from all walks of life, people from rich, poor, didn't matter, uh, People would say, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. No matter where he was going, no matter what he was doing, he stopped and went and made himself available to that person. He was willing to have his schedule interrupted. And I'm going to ask all of you here tonight, not just to, be, uh, not just to the group leaders, but to people who want to be a part of a group, is to be willing to be interrupted, as we just saw on the video screen. Who knows what acts of service we can, we can perform for people. We're actually going to be making an announcement uh, shortly uh, about something that is going to be a great opportunity for some men at Grace Church to participate in. We'll talk to you about that uh, here very soon. But we have to be willing to be interrupted. Um, different people came to Jesus. With the lady with the issue of blood touching from behind interrupted him going to someone's house to raise their daughter from the dead who was or daughter who was dying uh, Jesus was willing to be interrupted if we're willing to do that God will compensate for the time if you take your time out and do some uh, some service for the kingdom God will make that time up he always has he always has uh, has done it in my life many 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 times um, so to be the example of Jesus Jesus just had three and a half years total to do his entire ministry to establish his church. He did it in three and a half years. And yet he was always stopping to go to weddings. He hit the, the brakes for parties. He paused for funerals. Uh, of course, all the funerals he ever attended turned into a party. 
But Jesus, bottom line, was willing to be interrupted. Secondly, we remember that we're among the world's most fortunate people, and we are in a position, every one of us here tonight is in a position to help, to serve, to give back to the kingdom, to contribute to a small group of people that will potentially be around you in the very near future. If we say, third thing, if we say, I don't have time, I'm busy, I've got a lot going, let's be thankful that being apostolic takes away that excuse for at least several hours each week that if we're willing to make it a priority. And then remember this, you and I are going to live forever. We have eternity before us. Surely, if someone needs us here, we can make a little time. Um, so the same writer gives us three potential barriers that can get in the way of our availability that I'll present to you quickly tonight and uh, before, we before we conclude. First of all is self-centeredness. If we live self-centered lives, it will take away your availability completely. We sometimes want to hang this sign around our neck and because our lives revolved around ourselves, and we don't have time for anybody else, all of that. Um, we can't live that way and be Christ-like at the same time. Remember, Jesus was continually interrupted, and he was the most unself-centered person you'd ever meet. The second barrier that, that has come oftentimes to people being involved on any level in church, but particularly into our connect groups, is perfectionism. Um, uh, we, we, we want to have the, the perfect church, the perfect situation. We don't want to participate unless it's, all the bugs are worked out of and it's tweaked and it's, and it's perfect and all that. Um, we all know here tonight no such thing exists. And uh, in our connect groups, if we can give each other a little bit of latitude here and there, be willing to tweak a little bit here and there, we have the potential. We have the opportunity to do something really amazing for the kingdom of God. The third barrier to our serving is materialism. And every person here knows all too well how tempted we are to look after the things we've already got and not jeopardize our stash. But let's not forget our heavenly inheritance. Let's not forget the waiting mansions. Let's not forget that everything here is temporary. Everything here is temporary and that our salvation and the salvation of our friends is something we can't put a price tag on. And your connect group that you're a part of could be the saving of someone's life. And I don't say that evangelistic and I don't say it untrue. Uh, there's people here tonight that's, that's looking for somebody to be connected to. They've said it. I, I wish I could get connected to somebody. I'm waiting to get connected with somebody. Well, we want to afford that opportunity and all of us have time as brother dave said we want to run 10 week semesters if you can only meet, meet, meet once a month i mean surely we can make that happen um bi-monthly surely we can make that happen just to get somebody if you will on the fringe area somebody that's not that acquainted with our church somebody that may feel uncomfortable with a, a bigger group invite them this isn't just for your friends this is people in the church that need to be connected that need to feel that connection so if we can understand that we we have an opportunity here ahead of us if we can do it then we can make this happen so I'm going to ask you tonight to make yourself available if you don't want to care to lead a group that's fine maybe there's a couple of people that would like to join together and lead a group together that's fine um, but we would like for everyone to consider at least being a part of the group to be a part of the group, whatever the interest is uh, that's available to you, whatever it is that you'd like to do, be a part of that group and be available when they call on you to meet, to go somewhere and do something fun, to do something exciting. And hey, when we're all happy and we have good friends and all that, it makes everything else around us better. It'll make our church better. It'll make our lives better. 
all the way around. So, folks, we were made for this. Uh, we were shaped for this. We can do this. So everybody pray about it, think about it, and uh, plan to be a part, at least run one semester. Everybody be a part of a connect group at least one semester. Um, I can promise you we have a list right now of probably 50 or 60 different ideas that a, a connect group can do, uh, that a leader can do with this, a, 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 a smaller group of people. Just many, many ideas, many, many opportunities. So don't sell yourself short and say, I can't do this. Uh, I told somebody the other day, can't, never could do nothing. We need to at least try. Give it a try, and uh, you'll find it'll be beneficial to you and your family, our church, and certainly the kingdom of God. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> I hate to dismiss on this note, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I really regret this with all of my might, but we actually have another secret. Uh, there's something else we're going to be launching in the next couple of three weeks, but I'm not going to tell you tonight. So... Uh, uh, y'all y'all have enjoyed this so much y'all have had more fun the anticipation has just been amazing so we have another big huge announcement coming down the pike and uh, so you have something else to look forward to but right now we're going to focus on connect groups and are, are you willing to make it happen are you willing to help us make it happen tonight in Jesus name you have willing thank the Lord thank the Lord so uh, my favorite dessert is uh, German chocolate uh, cake lemon icebox pie lemon pie I love the yellow cake sister Murphy makes one with the chocolate icing I love the lemon cake with the lemon icing on it uh, I love homemade fudge my mother-in-law makes the best homemade fudge on the planet um, oh man I could uh, stand here a long time talking about I, I just don't have one y'all are laughing at me but for the length of time y'all talked during that segment you have more than one too because y'all talk for a long time about your favorite desserts. I saw y'all talking. I saw Jonathan Grown and Henry Swallow back there for 10 minutes talking about their favorite desserts. So there you go. God bless you guys. Love Grace Church. Love y'all very much. Looking forward to what God's going to do in the future. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.